Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Well, welcome everybody. Chuck Bonneville, Julie Hayden, the Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, True Straight Up. That's right. The show brought to you as always by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine. In fact, you saw them just this morning. I um, did. Yeah, or yesterday morning. Yesterday, yesterday morning. Yesterday morning. And happytrees.co. Okay, so much to talk about today. Wow. Um, it was like every time, um, every time we uh, kept uh, getting the show plan, we're like, oh, no, switch. So we're going to start off with Mark Taps, and we're going to have him on here in a second. He's got a great column up. Um, but I don't know if you saw a bunch of rhinos are trying to file the lawsuit just a few, maybe like an hour ago, trying to keep Trump off the ballot. Including in Norm Anderson from Jefferson County. Or Michelle Priola, Priola. Kevin Priola's wife. Kevin yeah. Priola's wife. Um, That's right. And uh, some chief of staff were. Bill Owens. Right. I mean, Julie Kafer. Krista Kafer, that solid Republican. So, yeah, exactly. So we'll be talking about that. And we're going to talk about the huge brouhaha in which. It's Todd Watkins uh, and a few other top Republicans sent one to the representative asking him stand up for the January 6th defendants. And then Ken Buck did a several-page letter. Which, which man, talk about oh, sinking his career. Right, and we're going to debunk Buck. But first we have with us Mark Tapson. He is a showman fellow on popular culture at the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Had a great column in Front Page Magazine talking about masculinity and the future of the West. Mark, so first, thank you. I hope you uh, or appreciate your time today. Oh, thanks for having me on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as you said, we've got a ton to talk about. But what I want to start off with this, because I think your column, you say an emasculated civilization is a doomed civilization. And we've talked a lot about that. We have a 12 year old son. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. raising a boy these days is, is, I mean, raising any child is never easy, but it's tricky with boys, too. So and why don't, so why don't you talk to us? You know, an emasculated civilization is a doomed civilization. Why do you say that? Well, that, that's kind of a big question. Uh, you know, I think you can see, you look around at our culture today, that uh, men are in crisis. <laughs> and, it's, you know, this is no secret now. A lot of people are talking about it. You know, Tucker Carlson has done whole segments on it, and a lot of uh, uh, masculinity gurus, as I call them, like Jordan Peterson, they've become very popular because uh, we have, you know, a half century or more of feminist bashing of men and uh, changing of the culture has led us to a point where um, to where we discuss masculinity in terms of its toxicity now, you know, toxic masculinity, that phrase has become kind of a household name or a household term. Uh, And so you've got a lot of young men, a couple of generations worth now who have been raised to believe that their very nature, that their very masculinity is poisonous and that they are contributing to rape culture and that they uh, are oppressive and misogynistic and that we need to uh, to, uh, um, uh, to drive that out of them somehow or train that out of them or raise them in, in certain ways that diminish uh, their masculinity. And so we've 
got a point now where uh, young men feel adrift. They feel like something is wrong with them. Um, they they don't know really what their purpose is in life or what it means to be a man. I mean, this is probably the first time in human history where there's been no agreed upon understanding of what it means to be a man and what a man does. Uh, so we're, our whole civilization in America and, and uh, elsewhere in the Western world is um, at a crisis point in terms of masculinity, because when men don't have a purpose, when they're adrift and they begin to feel that they don't matter, then the culture suffers and civilization begins to disintegrate. And I think you can see a lot of examples uh, in, in various areas in which our civilization is in decline. I think the two are inextricably linked, this crisis of masculinity and the decline of the West. Well, That's you know, why I, I say an emasculated culture is, is a doomed culture. Well, you know, you look at the Oliver North, you know, rich men north of Richmond, and his song to a certain extent is about that, right? He talks about, I mean, he's a young mm-hmm. man and, and the and alienation and it's, um, and, you yeah. know, all he does is get kicked down, right? And, uh, well, and all, I, all society does is try to drive you six feet under the ground. And he's talking about young mm-hmm. men, and it's true in suicide. I mean, and that's why it was attacked so vociferously. You know, you can't have people out there telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. He, well, his song has certainly touched the nerve <laughs> in yeah. a lot of, in a number of ways, a number of areas. But yeah, masculinity is one of them, you know. And uh, uh, there's, as I said, there's a real crisis of masculinity out there. Men are adrift. And they're looking now toward these masculinity gurus, uh, some of whom offer them uh, real direction and purpose, like Jordan Peterson. And then there are some uh, darker influences, I would say, that are out there that can be found on the Internet. And I I think we're at a point in our culture where uh, men are going to be drawn toward one sort of a – a model or ideal of masculinity or another, and whichever one is going to prevail is going to determine the future of our culture. So this it's a very serious choice that lays before um, before men and our, our culture today. Well, and you know, and you're, I mean, I encourage everybody to go to Front Page Magazine and read this because you do, you bring up a good point. So you've got these young men, they're adrift, right? They, they're tired mm-hmm. of everybody telling them that they suck and that they're toxic. So they kind of anymore have two choices. They can either become a total wimp and become emasculated, or as you said, this Andrew Tate and some of these other people promote this completely hedon, I would call it hedonistic version of yeah. masculinity. And that is so easily available when you give the pornography on the internet when you give um oh yeah you know, the, the tinder where you just swipe and pick somebody right i mean there are so many things that are there um the prevalence of drugs and things like that to fuel that hedonistic side which is equally an unhappy place to be right i mean if you're a woman okay maybe you don't want to you know you don't want a masculine guy but you certainly don't want uh, you know the other side either um and, and you're right there's 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 this a as you point out in your column there is zero anymore at least in the popular culture connection between being a man having morals having principles having values and helping guide your family through that right Mm -hmm. yeah i think there are two different kind of perspectives now as i mentioned or alluded to a moment ago and you have some of these these gurus these guides uh, uh like Jordan Peterson or uh, even uh, Republican Senator Josh Hawley is another one. He's written a book 
a really good book called Manhood. And they're on the side of what I would call moral masculinity, which is teaching men not only how to be men, how to recover what it means to, to do things that are manly, but how to be good men. Uh, because there is a difference between being just you know good at being a man and being a good man. Uh, and then on the other hand, you've got someone like Andrew Tate, uh, whom a lot of conservatives uh, were introduced to recently when uh, Tucker Carlson had Tate on for a three-hour interview, nearly three hours. Um, and uh, uh, Tate represents the dark side of, of this uh, direction that masculinity can go in. But he's, it's very attractive. What he represents is a kind of a an alpha male um, um strut and swagger that a lot of young that you know very attractive to a lot of young men. I mean, Tate yeah. looks like he is living large. You know, he's a multimillionaire. He flaunts his money and his supercars and he's a former athlete, you know, and so uh a lot of young men look at him and think, wow, you know, yes, I'd like to be like that. I'd like to have <laughs> I'd like yeah. to have those cars and, and smoke expensive cigars and look like an alpha male. But Behind this this living large facade of Andrew Tate is a real moral and spiritual emptiness, right. a gaping hole, and that's and you know it's going to it's it's very appealing on a surface level, but it's empty uh, and um, ultimately leads to to disaster um, on a moral level and a spiritual level. So it's it's a it's a real temptation for young men. But, um, you know, it's it's going to lead them to a dark place, ultimately. Well, and- well, you know, the one thing I disagree with you about is, is this is somehow unique. Um, you know, the the most civilizations in the rotten years as it go away um, have this exact same pattern. Uh, if you look at French Empire and Louis Napoleon and all the transvestite mm-hmm. balls and and everything on through. I mean, and the hedonism was there as the culture began to collapse. And I guess it only came back after a war, Germany totally conquering it. But, you know, the rise and fall of, the, of Rome, of Rome um, was writ large with hedonism and the lack of family, you know, no longer. And they blamed Christianity. They blamed saying this before they had a religion that, that um, venerated right. military service and family family and fighting for the Roman Republic and Christianity did not. And that's what they blame the, the fall. I mean, you can dispute that, but it certainly is a, I thought, look, Ming China became highly effeminate in its final years for two, the Manchus came down and they no longer wanted to fight. And, and, uh, you know, look at today, Europe fights by what? Kill, having Ukrainians. I mean, they're no <laughs> different than German barbarians. We don't want to fight. We'll give you all the equipment, yeah. but you know, <laughs> we're not going to do the dying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, th- this is definitely a sign of a civilization in decline. Uh, right. I think there, there was a poll not too long ago uh, that was taken in, across Europe, and it asked people, uh, how many of you would fight to defend your country? And mm. the percentages were shockingly low. I mean, right. the, I think the highest percentage of all was uh, I've forgotten the country actually but it was only in about 31% but m- most of the countries across Europe had a percentage that ranged in the teens of wow. people who were willing to right to fight for their 
and defend their way of life in their country. So uh, that's a bad sign. How many are you willing uh, to have Ukrainians die to the last Ukrainian <laughs> for your rights and liberty? Yes, we're talking with Mark Tapson here um, from the David Horowitz Freedom Center about his front page magazine uh, article. I think some of this is by design as well, right? You want to, if what, you, you destroy the family unit, you destroy the concept yeah. of motherhood, you destroy the concept of fatherhood, and you replace it with we, the government, we, the elites, we, the You're the a powerful. citizen of the world. Right. How do you defend the citizens and, of and, the world? Well, I mean, and, yeah. and and I think that that's kind of what they're going after, and the, and it's and yeah. in the process, I think we're just hurting, um, as you said, a couple of generations of young men now. You're absolutely right. It is totally by design, and it's been in progress for, for decades, well over half a century. And it's the result of the, the influence of what uh, we often call cultural Marxism, because it all, right. all goes back to this Marxist worldview that um, – that the family must be abolished in order to free women and children from their from their slavery, so that they can devote their energies to the state. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, and you know the the the, it's, the collective is what's important, not the individual. And uh, and you know part of the abolition of the family, which Karl Marx explicitly called for, mm. is destroying masculinity because ultimately masculinity is a threat to state totalitarian control you know if you have if you have men who are strong enough and willing to fight for their families and to fight for their freedoms and their liberty then that's a problem that's an obstacle for the state so it's interesting i was a child about for decades to just undermine masculinity right well i grew up in this you know hit puberty in the 60s and i remember thinking as a kid saying this is strange all the heroes that I'm given to, you know, Clint Eastwoods, the James Bond, all of these people mm-hmm. were, were, okay, the key for you is never make any lasting bonds. Do not get married to have children. Be, be a loner. Kind of like Andrew Tate. Yeah, like Andrew Tate. But, but you know, <laughs> certainly dads were not shown as, you know, suburban dads were not shown as heroes. They're shown as schmucks. You know who don't do yeah. anything, and and so I, I you know, I, you know, I didn't get married to 50, age fifty nine, which is a little early, but um, and and I blame a lot, I blame a lot of that on the, that thing. I no, you can't, you can't be a dad. That's the biggest schmuck deal in the world. I mean, well, in the entertainment field has been, um, you know, a very powerful tool in terms of spreading those messages that you're yes, talking yeah. about. I mean. You know, Hollywood and, and the rest of the entertainment industry, that's part of the cultural Marxism. That's part of the, the cultural messaging that over time uh, pushes these messages and these these agendas. You know, you can look back to the late 50s or even early 60s when you still had TV shows where, where dads were respected. You know, think about the show father knows best i mean he's still back. kind of a wimp uh, he's still kind of a wimp i mean i looked at him and i kind of went oh god i don't want to be that respected but but he was respected yeah. i'm like peppa pig where dad is just a pig <laughs> well imagine today having a show called father knows best i mean that, that could, they can only mean oh they can only mean that people. ironically or sarcastically you know well, well all uh, this reminded so, yeah, me but, this reminded me when I saw, and uh, you know, Julie says I get hung up on on various things. But the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, uh, where the Rachel <laughs> Zingler goes around saying, "Look, 
we're not doing a 1937 deal. This is not some woman looking for true love. <laughs> She's looking yeah. to be the later right. her dad, the Fuhrer her dad told her she could be. I mean, don't get mad. Exactly. Falling in love? How pathetic. Little girls, no, no. You're looking to be the leader, El Duce. Yeah. And, you know, we, for, well, for 50 or 60 more years or more, uh, we've been empowering women, right? And so that's yeah, led yeah. to this notion that, that women don't need men. They don't need relationships or love. They just need positions oh. of power. Yeah. And meanwhile, we've been disempowering men. Um, you know, think of Hillary Clinton's, uh, uh, campaign slogan from not that long ago. The future is female. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know that's that, that's going to be a pretty short-lived future if only the female, uh, you know, if it's only the female yeah. half. Uh, it, shouldn't it? Shouldn't it be men and women working together in a complementary oh, fashion, you know, to, no. for the future? Exactly. Well, and you know, uh, yeah. One, so, of our, one of the. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. All I was just going to finish by rounding it off and saying, you know, we, we've been empowering women but disempowering men in the process. Right. Right. Well, and one Jim Jackson, one of our, our listeners, says we have to have more than one type of masculinity. Some have to excel at physical pursuits, some at seeking justice. Both are needed for mm-hmm. protection and for peace. And to even broaden that out, whatever happened to the concept of, you know, just respect everybody for where they are, right? If I'm a one, my sister, for instance, when I grew up, I was the oldest of five, right? My mom was a stay-at-home mom. I was like, I will never be a stay-at-home mom. I was going to go out and have a career, blah, blah, blah. And I did, right? My youngest sister, all she wanted to do and sincerely was get married, have a family, stay at home, take care of her kids. And she was, she did that too, right? But I think we were maybe a little bit of the last generation where it was okay. If you wanted to stay home and have kids, yeah. you could stay home and have kids. And I, you could be friends with me you, you know what I mean who just wanted the career and and yeah. I mean I wanted both but you know what I mean and it's the same thing for men if you're a guy who wants to be you know I don't know something a librarian you should be able to if you're a guy not a librarian and not an, an American <laughs> library association no, these days no 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 <laughs> go to Top Gun flight school, you should be able to, and everything in between. It seems to be without being canceled or shamed. I mean, that to me should be sort of the end goal. No, I, I disagree with that. I, I think we I should think, be able to do what we want. No, I think, I think we should be held up to things. The, the <laughs> heroes ought to be, we should be encouraged to, to look to those who, who, you know, emulate those who went to Top Gun and do other things and not necessarily those who went become a librarian. Yeah, but if he's supporting um, his family and working hard. And well, then those are the things he's yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I, th- I think, you know, the same idea, you can't have sports heroes. No, no, they're toxic masculinity and, and the whole yeah. thing in the schools. We're not going to keep score. Well, that's a feminine deal. No score. We'll just play around. huh? <laughs> Everybody wins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I think you are right that, you know, women have been uh, in their traditional roles as, as mothers and uh, wives. That's been really uh, diminished and not viewed as a as a valid um, way of life for women. It's, it's right. considered, uh, you know, it's considered kind of demeaning now. You know, they right. keep striving for power and then to uh, be on the, you know, be CEOs of corporations or at best. Um, or at the very least to do both, you know, uh, right. be the CEO of a major corporation and raise children and be a wife. But, uh, yeah, the, the wife and motherhood thing, that, that sort of traditional, uh, role for women, that's been viewed 
for many years now as uh, as something to look down upon. Yes, yes. Yes. Well, and I think it's a flip side. Hey, and Mark, I hate to do this because we have to let you go. Now we have other stuff, other guests coming on. But no, this has been great. This has been great. Great. I mean, I appreciate it. So I really encourage everybody. Uh, masculinity and the future of the West on Front Page Magazine, and you've got all kinds of stuff up there too, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So there, yeah. It's, Front Page Mag is a, a great website for political commentary and cultural commentary. I mean, I highly recommend it. And I, right. my own, in terms of in terms of following me okay. specifically, I've got a Substack account, uh, marktapson.substack.com, or you go to Substack.com and just search for Culture Warrior. That's me. <laughs> All right, that's great. Well, thank you, thank so you for coming on. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. It's fun. All right, okay. thank you, thank you. Um, Right. Okay, so we wanted. Okay, thank you, Mark. So we're going to switch now, and uh, you know, I don't know if Todd Watkins. I should text him um, or Mark or Thomas. Maybe you want to give him a holler and say if Todd wants to come on now, we can we can I'm, get him on. He might not be here yet. Um, but we're going to switch. Oh, yeah, oh we'll bring in um, early. Um, so Todd and Anna put out a letter and a couple of and, and, and several other people. Yes, yeah, Todd's letter. Signed on to by three or four other people. people. And and the, the gist of it was asking for our congressional representatives and other people to kind of work on behalf of justice for some of these January 6th defendants. And of course, we only have three Republicans. So it, it goes to um, uh, Ken Buck, it goes to Lauren Boebert, and it goes to Doug Lyonborn. Uh, uh, so and it, it, I thought it was a it, it wasn't an accusatory letter. It was just <laughs> describing all the horrible things that are happening and, and and January 6th I mean you didn't you didn't attack any of these representatives you just said you need to support these people so Ken Buck goes full rhino I, mean, I know my garage about this but he goes full rhino and writes a several page attack on Todd and everybody saying all of the things that he you guys were saying were not true the only problem is Ken Buck was absolutely totally completely wrong we have the receipts we'll we have the receipts uh, that Deion Sanders Says. We'll be going through some of that, but the question is, what the frick was Ken Buck thinking, saying, I'm just going to make up a bunch of lies and attack my fellow Republicans? I mean, what did you think when you saw that bizarre and completely inaccurate letter, Todd? Well, in all fairness to the uh, good, honorable Ken Buck of uh, District Number 4, I, I would be very surprised if his, uh, you know, Elite fingers touched any keys on his keyboard. <laughs> That's uh, true. Writing that that rebuttal, <clears throat> brilliant rebuttal. Um, it was undoubtedly some twenty-something skinny suit wearing, uh, you know, college twerp that whose parents owed, uh, you know, whose whose parents can owed a favor to that wrote that. I mean, the first thing is, uh, gosh, this is gaslighting. Are you really going to expect me and everybody else? to say, oh, that's right. We didn't see any of that happening. Yeah. Um, no, no, all our completely It's all internet that rumor. Internet that was, rumor. That was, you know, uh, it, you know, we uh, polished off a bottle of Cabernet and watched, uh, you know, you, you know, binging on Netflix. That's where I got all this from. I just misconstrued it for reality. Uh, no, like- no, we, 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 we saw all of this happen. And, and so your little, you know, your staffers gin up something. And by the way, they're, they're quote, they're citing as their credible sources, the internet, which he says that I was following internet rumors. 
well, I mean, everything he cited is from the internet, you know, Politico, a, a Associated Press. It was all left-wing. It was all, it was all left-wing. left-wing. All left-wing sites yeah. that are known for, for lacking. It's like it's like having Ken saying, right. you know, Trump did uh, get Russia to fix the election <laughs> in 2016 and cite yeah. the Washington Post and the New York Times. It'd be no different. I mean, it's just, I mean, his first one, this is, just go to one, this is my favorite. Um, he says, in reality, uh, no defendants have been jailed, quote, pending charges, end quote. All were charged Except. prior to arrest and detention. And, I mean, and then he cites this AP fact check story. Yes, yes, it says that, but it's all bullshit. <laughs> Just so you know, in a 10-minute Google search, I found four January 6th defendants who have been jailed um pending federal charges, right? Um, Why don't you explain so it, really? Within the past couple of weeks. So what happened here is normally in the federal system, what they do, because this is evil, guys. you got to understand this. It's, it's evil on Ken Buck's part because he understands this. No, he and doesn't he, understand. Well, that. I think he's deliberately gaslighting. But anyway, no, he's not. the way it works normally is in the federal government, what they do is they have a case, they present it to a grand jury, the grand jury issues an indictment, the prosecutor gets a warrant, and they arrest the person. That's usually how it works. So usually... And the Fifth Amendment of the Constitution um, prevents uh, a, a felony charge, because they call it high crimes and some other things, but a felony charge without a grand jury indictment. Now, that's not true in states, but it's true federally. You okay, have so, to, if you're going to be charged with something that gives you over a year, you have but, to be indicted by a grand jury. But... What they can do and yes. what they're doing in these January 6th cases, and I found, like I said, numerous examples of it, is that they're arresting them on what they call a criminal complaint. That's just where the cop says, I have probable cause to believe this guy may have committed a crime. It's a much lower standard, right? And it's usually used when, when you're just, you have to hurry. He's leaving the country, you know. He's a, well, it's for some reason, there's haste in doing this. But what they do is, so I found this one guy, his name is Lucas Denny, right? He was arrested on this criminal complaint. Theoretically, the U.S. Attorney's Office has 30 days to convene a grand jury, issue an indictment, and file formal charges. Well, 90 days later, 90 days later, this guy was still sitting in jail, no pending federal charge or pending federal charges. No federal charges have been filed. So, Ken, I mean, that's just number one. And to, you said in George Brockler's show there. And then there was another guy. I found two other guys, um, Peter Wiley, Ethan Moth, Philip Anderson, all of these people arrested on these criminal complaints being held without bond. And they haven't been charged yet. Um, and so that part is a lie. Um, and, and then the next part of it is, because it just drives me nuts. He says, no, there are no people without bail. All these people uh, were brought before a judge who denied him bail. That's not no bail. I mean, what do you mean? No, it's not true. They went in front of a crooked D.C. judge. And Julie Kelly says the real problem with Jeremy Six is all the crooked judges. And they say no bail. And then, and then Ken got it. Oh, see that, that you're wrong. No, Ken. They're so just because a judge says no bail does it's not no make bail. it no bail. I mean, it's just he's a fool. He's a but fool. That, that is that is no bail. I mean, yes. if a judge denies him bail and you're kept in jail, 
then oh it's a, it's it's cool it was a judge that get me locked up yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. <laughs> well and uh, then this, this merrick garland guy is righteous yeah like, damn it that guy and then i'm yeah. going to show some things here then the next thing he did because i think because i want to get your comments and we're, we're kind of rambling this but chuck and i were fired up doing our research time, so <laughs> uh, bear with us here um but then he says you guys also mentioned the horrible conditions that they're being kept in right and he's like Currently, none of these allegations have been substantiated by a court. It's like, what? So oh, then, no, that's right, because it's not allowed to go to a court, you douchebag. But there, he pissed off Marjorie Taylor oh, Greene. And so this yeah, exploded yeah. on Twitter. And we have some of the screen grabs. Thomas, we're going to run through them, okay? I'm just going to read them. If we could play, how about bring up Marjorie Taylor Greene number one. Green number one. Okay, so this is from Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm appalled at this factually wrong and completely out of touch letter written by Freedom Caucus member Ken Buck about the treatment of the January 6th defendants. First off, Mr. Buck passed the buck on voting to object on January 6th, 2021 and certified Joe Biden's election. So we know, Marjorie Greene, number two, please. So we know that Ken Buck has been vocally against the impeachment inquiry. On, oh, he does not support Trump. Buck has also been vocally against the impeachment inquiry against Joe Biden. Shockingly, completely unwilling to even ask questions in spite of the overwhelming evidence proving Biden abused his power with involvement in his son's foreign business deals. And Ken Buck wrote the book called Drain the Swamp. <laughs> so he's currently on record now supporting Joe Biden's election against the impeachment inquiry and in favor and in support of Biden's DOJ persecution of January Sixers. Then she says, I'm one of only two members of Congress that went to the D.C. jail. I would I witnessed unusually cruel punishment of the defendants. I can personally vouch that the grave concerns expressed by Mr. Watkins and supported by the Colorado GRP, Colorado GRP are true. And then finally, Marjorie Green, number four. Here's the full report. Um, yep. And then um, she concludes saying, Marjorie Taylor Green, Ken Buck's letter to Mr. Watkins of the El Paso County GOP appears to show full support of Biden's weaponized government and a total disconnect from the cruel reality of the January 6th defendants and the American people. I mean, so, what do you think? And that that It's that part. And I was... <laughs> You know, as you can imagine, very relieved that Mar Marjorie Green came in on on my side on this. I, I didn't intend for it to turn into this, uh, you know, the stone throwing contest. And I, by the way, I haven't I haven't fired any shots back. I, I, I'm just, well, we're, we're going to help you fire some shots. <laughs> I, I, kinda, I, I mean, obviously, I would uh, I would object to what he said, but I'd rather hear the, the point of this was to solicit support from you know from our electorate writ large to say there's something wrong here and then for buck to come in and say no there's nothing wrong here that's really what i want people to take away from this is is this functioning nor does this seem normal to you what did this ever happen before is this totally normal and are you watching this republican who has a pretty good voting record in the congress by the way um this republican come out and he has turned Merrick Garland apologist. Well, it, and it is, and I and I I think I checked. I, I said, well, you know, where did this come from? It, it, you know, I said, is he mentally having some problems? Or, um, but no, you know, it's a whole campaign, um, and you can see it when he when he uh, they had Ray up in the Judiciary Committee, um, and the Republicans were just yeah. nailing him. 
And then Buck is the last Republican. Of course, the Democrats are going, oh, you're great. Uh, gets up and says, you're wonderful, Mr. Ray. And I love what the FBI is doing. Um, it is what I call the Mike Pence uh, effort yeah. at politics. You pretend you're a conservative by saying, oh, I'm hard, you know, I'm a prosecutor and throw everybody to jail. And I love the FBI. And whether the FBI should be loved is seen beyond him. But he's trying to be an anti-Trumper but but a old school, you know, strong conservative. And he's a fool. He is a fool. And I like Ken Buck. I've known Ken Buck for a long time, been to social gatherings and stuff. He's a great guy. But man, he is insane. And this letter yep. is insane. It's factually wrong, citing left wing sites. And he didn't, you know, he could have gone like Julie did to the department, uh, the uh, the Google. Department of Justice, yeah, the step I got is on the Department of Justice website, so yeah. it wasn't like hard to yeah. find. And to, just to be clear, you know, I'm not coming from left field on this. I, I'm not. I'm not just. No, he's know, coming from left of field the Pas- of the El Paso County, you know, uh, GOP. I I was I was a federal agent for 24 years. I'm telling you, when I s- cry foul about you know you know the my brethren behind the badge um man something's wrong i i tell you what because there's you know you would you would always have your partner six right we would always but this no 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 i can't abide this man this is this is way beyond the pale and um you know and of course buck saw this as an attack um No, but this is a this is a planned thing. He saw this as an opportunity. He saw well, it as an it's a wonderful opportunity because if you if you saw today, every media, every mainstream media outlet has picked this up and yeah. and written a story about how yeah. Ken Buck smashes the his Colorado Republicans. They're yeah. loving this. Ken Buck is now a hero of the yeah. left. Right. So I yeah. mean, is that the guy you want as your quarterback? No. Well, and let's go back and because I want to, Todd, you said something that is just so true that, and even the polls show this, people watching January 6th and they're reading what's happening and they're seeing what's happening and they're seeing the way that the January 6th people are treated versus the way the Antifa people are treated between the way January 6th people are treated. What that one guy yesterday got 22 years, but rapists, you know, murderers, Mm -hmm. uh, horrible people are set free, right? People are seeing this. So like you said, it's not like you were like, you know, Googling some dark websites that no one ever sees that it's coming out of left field. People know this. And for Ken Buck to come out and just to, to accuse you guys of gaslighting when his whole thing, it's just, it's, wrong it's and, it's, and it's still and it's, it's constructed in such a way that you have to pick it apart to see what a lie it is and like you said none of the corporate media or the mainstream media said well actually ken buck isn't that isn't true what he says there is wrong you know they're not quoting marjorie taylor green they never even reached out to you right no no one has no one has called me at all wow. and what well in, one. In, in george brockler's show which is great radio by the way um <laughs> he he went um attacking you and and backing up Ken Buck. Uh, and then he would say things like, see, you don't have any facts. You don't have any facts. And the, and yeah, the facts. average caller, of course, hasn't gone and, and, and taken Ken Buck's letter and then seeing his sources and then checking like Julie did on the um, federal site and everything else. And so I've challenged him. I sent him a text, say, you want, you want some, 
some facts on this. I'll give you facts. You can come on our show. I'll come on your show. Uh, because this is a clarion call. This is really important because Ken Buck is the one who wrote or called um, Dave Williams and said, I want my response to go out to everybody and did yep. good. You want it? You got it. Uh, and I think I think the reaction, either he likes it if he's planning to change parties or become Antifa or something, but, but he's boy. He's a little old for that. Well, yeah, you know, and he, could, got, he dyes his hair. He looks young. We've got one um, thing, too. I don't know if you guys, listeners, haven't followed Julie Kelly. Oh. She's a great reporter for the Federalist. She's on the War Room. She's probably the preeminent reporter on the January 6th yes, stuff. Yes. And she was infuriated. If we could please play the Kelly tweet. I mean, not play, but put it up on the screen. This is what Julie Kelly was tweeting. She goes, she goes, I look forward to contacting Ken Buck's office to schedule an interview to discuss this letter. His defense of the Department of Justice isn't just mostly baseless. It's an appalling, inexcusable endorsement of the selective prosecution and imprisonment of Trump supporters. Now, she hasn't indicated that Buck's office has called her back. And he's not going to because his letter is just full of lies and, and gaslighting, right? Um, it's not gaslighting so much. It's just wrong. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, when you cite the AP fact checkers who are very left and they just give a blanket conclusionary statement that been, no one uh, hasn't been charged uh, before being arrested, it's just wrong. But they don't care. The fact checkers never check facts. And Ken Buck never checks the fact checkers. Um, and, and he's going to this is either going to make or break his career, I think. And I don't think it's going to make it. Um, I think people in Colorado have had enough again, as much as I like him personally. Uh, but boy, wow. How to go off the deep end. You know, somebody told me, he said, well, really, what Ken Buck's office said to Dave Williams was, hey, we're drowning. Can you throw us an anvil? Go, like, okay, here's an anvil. Boom. Well, if, Think with that. This, Todd, this is my theory on this, because Ken Buck could have just shut up right really? i mean this was to, i mean no offense well, well the other two did yeah right. I, I mean, cricket crickets from Bobert and lamborn yeah right. well and it's kind of like it's not this thousands and thousands of more i mean people i saw there was like fifty-one thousand people saw marjorie taylor green's you know blast attack on ken buck for attacking you um probably a few hundred people would have read his letter but so, so you kind of think was is he just dumb but i kind of think oh. that somebody prompt because I, I imagine ken buck didn't read the letter and go oh my god i'm going to respond to this somebody i submit reached out to him and says we got to get rid of those stupid grassroots colorado republicans they are driving us crazy no, no, no. well let me let me ask how then you can say your thing i think that that's how this started and i mean i'm sure he's perfectly willing but i think ken, i think this is a continuing ongoing attack on the grassroots rising influence in the yeah, colorado yeah. republican party what do you think well, yeah, I mean, um, we uh, we crashed their uh, their their country club party, didn't we? Yeah. Um, um, we're, we're we we have the uh, the establishment contingent down here in, in El Paso County, around the the Colorado the Springs area, and uh, the uh, the Bremerites, I call them, uh, Eli Bremer, and his uh, you know band of uh, faithful followers they 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 say that we are progressive oh. we are the, we are the progressive uh wing of the uh that's what they do up here in adams county they, they've all gotten they say you know they're killing us by calling themselves grassroots so we'll call ourselves grassroots it's just like 
Well, yeah. it, people used to call themselves, I'm a moderate Republican, and that became so unpopular, they went, uh, I'm a conservative, whatever that means. So I'll say, uh, I'm a conservative. So now they're all saying, we're grassroots, we're grassroots. Well, the comments, I mean, I'm sure you looked at it all tied in the the, the t- X or Twitter, whatever you call it, were not very kind to Ken Buck, were they? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I rec- I reckon not. But I, I'm, I'm not going to let go of the fact that man, all of the Democrat-controlled media yes. loves this guy now. So, yes. ch- what is, what does that, what does that tell you when your enemy loves your, your partner? I mean, maybe, maybe your partner's not exactly on your side. That's well, what, well uh, here's what, what I think, and I, I get, get disagree with Julie. I think Ken Buck said, "Look, I'm anti-Trump. I'm a Liz Cheney supporter." Um, I've got to find a lane in which I can be anti-Trump, but not get chained. Um, and so this is the thing. He's going to stand up for law enforcement. He's going to stand up for our wonderful federal agents. He's going to stand up against the, the idiotic, uh, Trumpers. And that's his lane. And you can see it. If you just, if you just go to Google and all the stories he's going, you know, I, I can't vote for a convicted fellow. No, no, I'd never do that. And saying that that uh, Trumpers are awful. It's he's got to figure out. He and this is the way he's going to do it. Figure out how do I have a well. That's true. Maybe it is. Maybe isn't. But it's not. It's not just a brain freeze. It wasn't a McConnell brain freeze uh, that caused him to do this. It's a. It's a plan. Yeah. Yeah. it's a, a brilliant plan. <laughs> well, stupid thing he said. He goes, your letter further asserts that there have been violations of these defendant rights, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, criminal defense attorneys regularly say that. It's like, and yeah. sometimes it's true. It's like, and, and why do you think we had a constitution? Well, listen, it was No, it was to prevent prosecutors like Ken Buck from from trampling on people's rights. That's the, what the, that was the Fifth well, Amendment's about. And then he goes on to say it gets even more ridiculous. So he's complaining your letter is lying because criminal defense attorneys say rights are violated. And then he goes, and my experience as a prosecutor for 25 years, trial courts carefully consider the merits of the motions no. because a case could be overturned on appeal for Pete's sakes and requiring additional work for everyone. Yeah. So, did I have yeah. AI write this? Maybe. I mean, it's just kind oh. of. Like, well, I kind of like the image of the twenty-something uh, skinny suit twerp writing it, but <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with the machine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Wait. So Ken Buck is saying that your letter is full of lies because you say what criminal defense attorneys say and that their rights are being violated. That some, it's like what? And he says courts never allow rights to be violated because that never. requires a lot more work for people. No, it's like what? No, it's no, like what? ridiculous. Well, um, one more time, I did this job for twenty-four years, man. I'm not a what kind of agent were you? I was a border patrol agent. Okay. I mean, you know, if you you want to talk about criminal complaints, I, I yeah. uh, if if I had to, I, I'll say this and and watch. You know, it's uh, Ken Buck's you know boy toy AI machine or whatever. We'll probably pick this apart. But if I had to guess, and uh, I I probably made tens of thousands of arrests in my twenty four years. Tens of that. I, I mean, a border patrol agent makes more arrests his first two weeks on the job than some city cops make in 20 years, yeah. just because of the volume, the massive volume. So, so I know what a criminal complaint is. I know at what point a warrant has to come into play. And to Julie's point, with the people that they arrested and then sought uh, the charges to be applied later, um, 
our, our the standard that we were we were confronted with was an arraignment within 48 hours. So you, the the police arrest you on a warrantless arrest because you have probable cause. You write the complaint, you deliver it to the prosecutor, and they've got to get you before a judge in 48 hours to be charged. Now you've been charged. The the charges have been filed in a court. That didn't happen with some of these guys. Did well, you have to remember what you're what you're. The procedure you just outlined is for misdemeanors. You can do no, that. No, these were fel- these were felonies, felonies yeah. too. We, we, well, yeah, you we can. eventually you have to file. That's a point. The no. time frame is a thing. You're- you can have them arrested um, and and brought before a judge for a parole hearing, not a parole, but for a bond hearing. But within thirty days, you have to under the Speedy Trial Act, you have to get a federal indictment. grand jury indictment, yeah, right? Right. Yeah, that that happened. That was further down the road from my. But, you know, we we'd arrest drug smugglers, human smugglers, all this. These would be felony charges, you know, a felony committed in my in my presence. You arrest. This is the process. And they had to get him before a judge in 48 hours to be arrested. They they were still not charged. They, there's the, uh, under federal law. A charge is when an indictment. Right. When is the, brought, when and, the, and the grand jury, right. unless it's a misdemeanor, you had the, the Fifth Amendment says you have to have a grand jury for for basically serious charges, which is interpreted yeah. felony. This matters because, and again, so we're saying when Ken Buck refutes your claim that people are being held without being charged and says that's absolutely not true, it Ken is Buck true. is absolutely incorrect. And yeah. what they did to this one guy, they held him. The way it works is like you said, you're either supposed to file the formal charges or let the person go, right? This Lucas yeah. Denny guy, they held him in jail for more than 90 days without filing charges. And what happens there, guys, is you're in this weird legal limbo. Once charges are filed, there's a fairly, there's an infrastructure for motions hearings and trials and all that kind of stuff, right? When you're just sitting there and you're not charged, you're like nowhere, right? Right. I I mean, you could raise your hand and hope the judge calls on you, but the judge would be like, you're not charged yet. I mean, and and I would submit they're doing that on purpose. And that's why Buck, not only does he miss the point, but he's defending the weaponization of the Justice Department. And he's defending Joe Biden treating ordinary American citizens like political prisoners, um, because that's what they are. When you're holding somebody without filing charges for over 90 days, I mean, I, that that's beyond. I mean, it's a man, unimaginable thing that happens in this country. And for Ken Buck to defend that, I saying, well, you know, the, the judge must have a good reason. Oh, I, it's a judge. Know. It's a judge. Oh, oh, it's a crooked Obama judge. It's a judge. Um, no, Ken Buck must resign. He, he must do but penance should, on the border. He should get rid of that. <laughs> they should get him off the judicial committee. I yeah, think. that's that's what Julie Kelly said. What kind of disgraceful persons on the judicial committee who doesn't believe that, that, that in the Constitution? No, yeah, criminal lawyers bring up four, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Yeah, they do, and sometimes they're right. And you make it sound like like it's never right. It's it's you know we don't our Constitution is a tissue paper you have no respect for, and the Bill of Rights you have no respect for. Clearly not. Yeah, clearly not. But we're. We're we're progressives in in some corners. We're you know radical extremists in others because well, we I prefer want, the latter. <laughs> I prefer want, the latter. Yeah, well, I, you know, you, you can't. You, I I can't I can't write Eli's script for him. I'd like to, <laughs> um, but well, it's we want we want we want the government to follow the law. How is 
I, I am I missing something here? <laughs> you are, Todd. You are, Todd. You're misleading. There's somewhere in there. He, he says you're misleading okay, our activists about fentanyl. Yeah, Todd, you're, you're, fentanyl. You're fentanyl. Yeah, that that that. Oh my God, that straw man in the end, right? Yeah, yeah. We're wasting our says, time on this. We need to go after fentanyl. You know? Yeah. yeah okay, I got it. Yeah, fentanyl, bad. Mm-hmm. I, I I work down at the border. I I know a couple things about that. But hey, you know, maybe there's more than one thing that we should be concentrating on just well, he says, and, you're, and how are these not related because it's the administration behind this that, right. that's they, they perverted the uh the the pro the judicial processes and i i would i would i kind of cringe at calling him a judicial process really we don't have a justice system in this no. country that's we have mean. a legal system we have a system yeah. of law and law gets applied on whomever they want it applied and but what do you they turn yep. the law off down at the border, and that's why you got fentanyl up here. Yeah. Well, he said you're misleading uh, Republican activists uh, to do things that are, you know, worthless, like January 6th. I feel like saying, you've been in Washington too long. Yeah. Uh, the base calls themselves grassroots in the Republican Party. <laughs> Only the Democrats call their base Activists. activists oh that's that's a good catch i like that well that would explain why cnn likes him now huh right. yeah well let me ask you todd because again i see this as also a um you know a, a hammer that the people who are opposed to the grassroots gaining influence in colorado trying to smack you know smack you guys down and embarrass you and shut you up i'm assuming you guys are not going to just say oh well ken i guess well, our ken, you know, you know, without calling you first <laughs> uh yeah um what are you guys going to do going what's forward we? it's us what's us yeah what are we going to do going we're forward? going to give him a letter in reply yeah the, right the I, I, I you know oh i'll do one on my own <laughs> september 30 is going to be kind of fun isn't it it is <laughs> it's going it to be an interesting day uh i i, I wonder if uh the good the good buck will be there um oh. or how about bobert and Rambler? maybe maybe they'll finally opine on this no. now that they've uh you know sent a canary into the coal mine um, well they, they know one thing is is that getting doug lamborn to respond to anything yeah, yeah on any subject anytime is impossible he he, he is an absolute stone wall of nothingness lauren bobert hoped she would but who knows but well, listen, Todd, we got to let you go. Sure. We will talk more about this because I have a feeling this isn't going to go away. And again, I thank you guys. Yeah, for thank you for writing letter. the letter. Thank you for, thank Ken Buck for exposing yourself. This is wonderful. That's right. And then <laughs> and then thank you to all of the people um, on Zoom who've been listening. And I want to let you know, we've got more coming up. Again, a bunch of rhinos filed, a, rhinos, right? Not Democrats, filed a lawsuit today to try to keep Donald Trump off of the ballot in Colorado. Including our very own Krista Cape. Yeah, and and Kevin Priola's wife, Michelle Priola. Yeah, so right. so there you go. Uh, but Todd, thank you guys very much. Thank you to everybody on Zoom. We appreciate um, everybody. Yeah, catch all of our shows at chuckandjulie.com. And Todd, we'll stay in touch and keep everybody updated on what we're going on. And we're going to have fun on Party Friday. Yeah, Party Friday <laughs> coming up. We'll see everybody later. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks.